welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all-new, all-electric ID.4 SUV is here, and it's for everyone. And it listens. All you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, Hello ID, I'm cold. And the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com ID4. This is the second part of our two-part interview with Bill Lowenthal, Senior Vice President of Product at ChargePoint. Yeah, and I, that was one of my questions is ask about this, I'm calling it the Maslow's charging pyramid or the, okay. the just the charging pyramid. But, you know, there's this basic charging pyramid that, you know, that most charging is done at home or work. Middle mm-hmm. ground is done at like um, common destinations like grocery stores. And the, the least amount of charging is done on the road, on road trips, because we don't take road trips every day or every week. So just kind of trying to look at the market today and the market going forward. Do you see the split as it is right now with infrastructure as sort of just continuing uh, along a linear path? Or do you think there's big gaps in one of those portions of the pyramid that sort of need more attention? Like, do you think the home and business and workplace, including fleet, part of the pyramid is, is, is needing more attention or more of the shopping centers and grocery stores, that kind of thing? or the road trip kind of portion of that pyramid? Or do you, or is it all just sort of going as it should? Uh, no, it's going well. And there's a lot more charging stations than people realize. And your audience is hipper to this than a, a general consumer thinks they need to drive by one and it's on a street corner. So their perception is there's not that many. But as we all know, they're in parkings, they're in parking lots, they're at your library, they're uh, at your favorite businesses. And so they're, 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 they're there and you didn't know they were there. So there's a lot more charging than people realize. The car is parked 22 hours of the day. Let's make sure it can onboard fuel where it's parked. And that's home and at work. And one of the most challenging, to be frank, is the multifamily environment increasingly over the next several decades, despite what we've just experienced with this tragic pandemic, people will be increasingly living in high-density urban dwelling settings uh, in multi-unit properties, right? In multi-dwelling units. And so that's, that, that, that's a hard challenge in the sense of you have rental and leased buildings where only a few percentage of 100 or 200 different apartments might have an EV right now. So it's not on the priority list of the facility operator to, to bring EV charging there. And so we work very actively with local, state, federal, both policy, building codes, and other aspects to influence that. And then I think increasingly the commercial real estate entities realize that they need to have this. And so making sure people can charge at home, whatever type of home they live in, is incredibly important for this transition. What facility managers of workplaces and parking operators don't realize is how fast their parking lots will change and be occupied with EVs. So the rate of growth in those two environments is critically important, key metrics, because that's where the car's parked. 
Yeah. So this is, I mean, I'm getting, I, I obviously work in this field. I learned a lot about it, but I'm right. learning more from this conversation. So I appreciate that. But one thing on the consumer side as well, like even back when the Model 3 came out, I recall being at a station, at the station that's right behind me, if you're watching the video, uh, it's in front of a shopping mall, there's eight charge point st- stations or stalls there, four, mm-hmm. four stations. And someone with one of the first Model 3s, he had a day one reservation rolled up and he had, they, they were young. They had no idea what to do. <laughs> they didn't know what charge point was. They, they thought, well, how do I just plug in? And I was, I was quite shocked that someone with a day one reservation on Model 3 years prior didn't know charge point or how to operate it. So, but it, what it's made me think from time to time is, you know, what are your challenges as the market gets more mass market, less niche early adopter, you know, following all the forums, reading Clean Technica, you know, what kind of issues are you facing? What's needed, I guess, to accelerate EV adoption from this consumer side that you guys are focusing on? So I think first is the myth of the fueling model, like we already talked about. So I, I fuel while parked and I don't drive to fuel is kind of part one. Part two is there is a great active EV community. You can find it on, you know, and, and ChargePoint, I think, has been a very important advocate and evangelist for going EV. And so educating these next set of consumers, we worked very actively with the majority of auto OEMs. And so this is increasingly important to them. So by the time they leave the dealership, they should be educated a bit about this with our auto OEM partners. Super exciting news, by the way, just came out yesterday. ChargePoint is now available with Android Auto. ChargePoint is now available with CarPlay. ChargePoint's built into the dashboard of a number of uh, major auto OEMs from Mercedes Me. We've announced our Volvo Polestar partnership, so you can have the ChargePoint experience there. Those are important experiences for this next set of consumers. Can I see in my dashboard in a very simple way where the next charging station is? Is it available? I can press, and what's super cool on these integrations, by the way, is because so many stations at workplace and at my multifamily environment are access controlled and only available to me with a special code, those show up in that experience in the dash with the integrations we've done with these partners. Mm. And so that's super important. And so I think the collective integration that we're doing on the auto side, the essential nature that charging is becoming for different operators, whether it's retailers or restaurants or workplaces, that's going to help pull along this audience as they have new vehicles in their daily use. So everything new is new once, and then it becomes more familiar, you know, early days of a smartphone, you know, there was an early adopter audience and now everybody's got one. And so from young to old, right. And so I I think we're in a natural evolutionary cycle and there's a lot of, uh, you know, very influential voices for consumers to learn from, from, you know, leading general publications talk about EVs every day, leading online properties and TV networks are talking about EVs every day. Now, I think the adoption's important. And here's kind of one of the big differences for your readers and you several years ago, you wanted the EV and you were going to make it fit in your life. Mm-hmm. So you went to great pains. We have folks, you know, ChargePoint, by the way, is full of obsessive EV drivers who've, who, who are just like the Clean Technica crew. So, you know, one of the guys on our team would go to Target at two in the morning to charge his Kyo Soul. That is yesterday's driver. 
now excitingly. And I mean, yep. and even, and I mean even like like we didn't have to work hard for it, but you had to mentally right. understand a shift. You had to see, oh, this is what we'll do. And I think there's very seldom do we have to go out of our habits to charge, but you also had to have it in your mindset, which is what, what even if it's not you know physically hard, is is sort of a like what you're saying, the, the kind right. of challenge. So 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 the early adopters would make it fit in their life. Mm-hmm. The next adopters, they need to see how it fits in their life. And so here's what's important: if you live or work at a place that has charging your consideration to get an EV goes way up 6X. And that's a US to government actually research stat. And so, but so that's true of your colleague and that's true of your, you know, your other build, you know, your, your neighbors. And so that's why the workplace and multifamily platforms are so important to convert people to EV. And so that's why we see explosive growth of those environments. And that is critically a critical set of experiences to shape and ChargePoint works actively across the policy landscape from federal to local and state. We work very actively. Utilities are in a really important partnership to make this happen. And so I think there's a lot of great public private partnerships coming together that recognize this and leading businesses recognize their criticality for their sustainability goals, greenhouse emission, gas reporting, and everything else and enablement of their of the constituents that they want to embrace. So it's becoming a much more mainstream set of importance and recognition. And I think what you see at the federal level brings great attention to the criticality of this. We're facing a, a climate calamity. I mean, this this is, the world has to unite around this. And you know, I, I, we're, we're pleased with the recognition, but it takes business sense about it. The, the folks that own the parking lots, everyone's a participant in this transition. So on the on the consumer side for this, you know, the kind of mass market person or reader, you know, there's there's one of the fun debates that sort of happens for years in this community is how convenient charging has to become for the mass market. So some people argue you have to have you're gonna have to have mostly wireless chargings because people would just want to pull up and pull out. One of the you know trends these days is plug in charge model where you don't need a card, you don't need a phone, you just plug in and and car and the station talk to each other. And that's all, you know, that's all you need. So what's your kind of position on the, the plug and charge model and, and what you guys are doing on that, on that front? Right. So plug and charge is an exciting capability and charge points very actively involved in shaping that experience for drivers, but also for the businesses that are authenticating those users in ensuring that there's a secure transaction. So we've worked very actively with the Society of Auto, Automotive Engineers, SAE, around the security nature of this. We're actively developing capabilities around this that we think are critical for fleet uh, as well as for consumers, but it's, it's just a different method of authentication. And actually, there's you actually want to know who the driver is even before they plugged in. So we think there's there's things to certainly enhance in the driver experience and their daily charging activities. Today, for example, with ChargePoint, you can tap your Apple Watch or Google Wear to the front of a station to authenticate. You can tap your phone. You don't need to use the card. You don't need to use the app in that case. And so we've always strived to enhance the experience and are really proud of what can be done. When you look at the cell phone conversion that we've all made over the last 20 years, it's taken a long time for a wireless to get here. And it's really yeah. not 
the dominant way that people charge. And so wireless is an is a interesting technology that we're actively involved with as well. There are very specific types of vehicles and parking arrangements that this makes sense for. It could be an en route, you know, you see this oftentimes in a transit world. So we need to be really specific about the use cases and audiences and deployment scenarios of where it may make sense. But all of it is a focus area for ChargePoint. We're, we're trying to make the transition for everyone to electric easy, uh, seamless, reliable, predictable, and better than the old way. And uh, so, you know, we don't have wireless gas. Yeah. And the plug-in ChargePoint, the car has to be has to be made for it as well. Like the, the Ford right. Mustang Mach-E was the first, I think, electric model on the US mm-hmm. market. We had it for a week in February and got to use the plug-in charge on an Electrify America station. And I, it was probably user error, but we couldn't we couldn't get it to work for a bit. So, so there's, I mean, even even then it was like, oh, well, let's just pull out the phone and do it. You know? <laughs> so it's good to have the different systems in case they're ever is some kind of error anyway. Um, I use the phone. We used to use the card. The, the fun thing about the RFID card was the the little girls, like you can see my my daughter behind me there, would like to do it, you know. And with my phone, I don't really want to give a four year old my my expensive phone to to go start the charge. So we don't. Plus, you know, the COVID era has changed everything as well. So uh, it's funny. Just as Face ID was kicking off, uh, we all had to put on masks and. Um, face ID was not working well. So it's fun. Right. And we've had the, we've had the contactless method. So if your users don't know, if you have a charge point app on your phone, you can add that to your Apple wallet or Google and tap it to the front of the station. And so it is fully contactless, which is great for this day and age. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all new, all electric ID4 SUV is here and it's for everyone. And it listens. All you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, Hello ID, I'm cold, and the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com ID4. Back to plug and charge. This is an issue that will be important around education too. Because that driver that you mentioned, day one user of a Model 3, may not realize I have a plug and charge experience on a Tesla charger, but not on a level two charger, but I do have it on a DC charger from ChargePoint eventually or whatever, right? And so that that inconsistency is a problem. Right, yeah. And people have to sort of, yeah, I mean, people have to navigate. I mean, I, actually just today I was at a, at a supercharger station and a friend was charging a t- Tesla Model X for, a guy was charging a Tesla Model X for his friend who was arriving and wanted it fully charged and he didn't know how to charge. I was like, oh, it's, pro- it's easier than you think. So there's just, you know, standardization will help a lot. And I think that is a plus of the plug-in charge model. It seems like it's it, there's a kind of standardization. But even before that, I mean, like you said, just the app-based and RFID-based is a clear form of activating a charge, but people have to know that there's, there's these different types of activation methods. So, well, just to jump to another topic, we're getting running out of time here. What are the most common myths you find still either on the you know, owner operator side or on the consumer side that you consistently are working to debunk that you just consistently see come up, come up about EV life and EV charging? So I think we touched about them first, which is the, I park while I fuel, I don't drive to fuel. 
So I think that is the most critical one that non-EV drivers need to understand because they may be evaluated on the wrong basis or thinking that we need a lot more high-speed charging than we really do and we need a lot more level two. So that's kind of one. Two is there's a perception that there's a lot of money in fueling and there isn't. There's no differentiation in one electron to the other other than the speed. Mm-hmm. And so there's no additive that we're adding to electrons that have been the basis of competition in the fueling world. What I think an important economic factor to all of this is the various business models and how fueling works today. Fueling is actually a really low utilization business when you think about petrol fueling. You don't drive by many gas stations that are full all the time. And if they were, you drive to the next one. And so, and the business model of these station operators today is really, they attract people to fuel, but the margins inside the convenience store. There's a perception that there's a lot of money in electrons. But as you mentioned, you spent $5 in gas out with your Rex, with your BMW Rex. The, the, the perception that it costs as much to charge my electric vehicle as it has been my ICE vehicle is a misperception. And so fueling operators think they're going to get $60 to $100 bills to fuel vehicles. And that's, a, that's not really the case. And so the transition for oil and gas platforms and those companies to electric, people are imprinting the gas station model. And in certain geographies based on, you know, uh, aspects of where charging can be placed, it, it's, import, it's, a, it's a component, but it's not the full solution. So I think that is a big economic under, misunderstanding of where is the margin. So as a site host, I could try to monetize the charging station or I could try to monetize the driver. And increasingly what we're seeing with retailers, hospitality and restaurants, there's a much more margin in a $7 cheesecake than there is in a $7 charging station session. And so I think that is the, the, the means of why are they putting in charging is and what's the business model that underlies it is important. Because charging and fueling is such a low utilization business, if we wanted the gas station model deployed, it would require an intense amount of capital, an intense amount of electrical infrastructure, and it wouldn't have an economic return. So it really looked like yesterday's phone booth yeah. where, where someone had paid to put the station on somebody's real estate set the pricing, expected all these people to come, never maintained it because they didn't arrive. And then we're littered with carcasses of, you know, yesterday's charging station. And maybe put expensive iPhones in there that you never got the money back on. But yeah, no, it's, I almost brought it up earlier when you talked about EVgo and fast charging because uh, of that issue of, you know, even gas stations don't really make money on the gas. They make it on the, what they sell in the convenience store. Fastnet is a, is a top fast charging network in Europe uh, based out of mm-hmm. the Netherlands, but expanding. And they just, they're still battling, but they've been battling for, for a long time to get the right to put stores to sell stuff at their stations, um, because that's a different permit than getting the permit to put a station in. So this is a, we had an interesting story from a Dutch guy recently about this. So they got a, they're going, it's a very long uh, series of court cases to try to be able to sell Hmm. stuff. But I've long said they charging, anyone, whether it's Tesla, ChargePoint, EVgo, anyone, you should develop really attractive stations 
with, you know, Starbucks type of, you know, sitting area, a place where people would like to sit down for an hour where they don't have to sit down and find something to do, but where it's like an attraction in itself and there's the charging and then you make money on whatever the attraction is, but you also just build nicer places around stations, more of a fast charging uh, type of thing. But so, um, so you're hundred percent right. And I, there's a lot of innovative entrepreneurs doing and thinking about those things. We're involved with those kind of activities. You see that mindset in the Autostrada in Europe. And so you should have a delightful, you know, espresso and cappuccino and a place to walk your dog and take a moment and actually slow down a little bit. And right. this creates a great opportunity for that. If you go back to these networks for a second, though, while we think about the consumer fueling use case and the utilization for, you know, a gas station model, where those networks are really critical. And what you see them doing is they are a component of the business model to help sell the vehicle. So you see the EVgo GM partnership, which is great. And so that's going to give consumers confidence that they have a place to charge. So we applaud that. Also, the fleet dimension is incredibly important. So part of their economic model, which is, and we also help facilitate this for our site hosts and fleet operators, is the fleets need to ensure consistent, reliable, predictable costs to fuel their fleet wherever they are whether it's an independent set of delivery or transportation network companies, or whether it is a company set of vehicles that are trying to charge everywhere, that is a critical relationship of the charging networks, the fleet operators, and what we're all administrating is helping the movement of money and billing and pricing. So that's a different aspect of how broadly deployed high-speed charging networks help this conversion. And not everybody understands the, that dimension to the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as you said at the beginning, I think too, there's our lives are diverse. We don't, <laughs> we don't just do two things or one thing. So what we need is we need charging at the different places we're going to be anyway, at home, at work, at the grocery store. And then the station is designed to fit around that activity or that use. You know, so it's really the idea of, of, you know, we have to find a way to adapt it into our lives, into our systems, which I'm sure ChargePoint has been focused on for a long time. You guys are across the spectrum in what you offer from level from home chargers to uh, stores chargers to fast chargers. I guess any final comments on what you want to convey about what makes ChargePoint special? What's what's special about your products? I mean, I know we've talked about it for almost an hour, but but any any final any final words to get out on what's different about what you guys are doing? Well, I think there's two things if I could. There is a a philosophy approach and then there's a long-term impact topic which actually relates to urban societies and everything else. So if I could take those two points if that's okay. Oh yeah, you're. I'm free all day. I just don't. I know we have an hour, so I don't want to abuse my privilege. So first of all, I, I think what's important about ChargePoint and different about ChargePoint is we have uh, we've designed a very integrated experience between the charging app, the software in the cloud, the software on the station, and the station itself. And we've done that, and it, people can actually go and see our advanced testing center. Uh, on our YouTube channel and visit chargepoint.com for more details. We're really taking an approach of uptime monitoring modularity so that there is very low downtime. We've redesigned stations so that we can 
very simply replace components to minimize downtime. You can look inside of our CPE 250. There's nine basic field replaceable units that we can monitor remotely and know and send to the technician in advance so they know what they're fixing when they get there. That is a significant change architecturally that we've done in the last couple of years. And you'll see for future things that we will release. So I that's have noticed exciting. that. I have noticed that with stations. I noticed there was one component of a stations built a few years ago that was breaking routinely and the newer stations have that redesigned so that it doesn't break and you know i must cut a humongous uh, portion of maintenance needs out by just redesigning that one piece of the right. system so i see you constantly evolving on that yeah so there's a lot of effort to that uh we have a, it's a really cool video about all the all the stress we put stations through salt fog shake vibe sand uh uh, extreme temperatures, high and low. And so the robustness and the design of our stations, we've got great stations out there and we have exciting ones coming as well that will really up the level of experience that's already great. So that's, that's what's different about ChargePoint is the fact that we are doing the mobile experience, the cloud experience, the station firmware, the station design across AC and DC, across solutions for your home, solutions for your work and solutions for your fleet and, and, and when you're en route uh, for a high-speed need. So that, that, is, that, that is kind of what gets us out of bed every morning. What gets us out of bed about why we're so passionate about this is when you look and step back for a second, and you look at the big problems of the world. We've talked about the, you know, the crisis of climate change. If you go back 50 years, 100 years, any election, we're, we're faced with an increasing population growth. We have 7 billion people on the planet going to 10 billion people. And what you saw in all those past elections, and even the recent ones, is we can't house them, we can't feed them, and we can't move them. And when I met Pat Romano, the CEO of ChargePoint a couple of years ago, I said, these are the existential crises of the world, Pat. And he's all, you're right, Bill. And what electrification is, is the path to autonomy. And when we have autonomous vehicles, which are coming, it will rewrite how cities work. We'll be able to recoup all the asphalt that we house vehicles on for 22 hours a day and redistribute that installed base of vehicles to what's really needed in service at any constant basis. And you have an urban planning background, if I remember. Right? Yeah, yeah, you, you've done your research. Look at that. <laughs> and yeah. that means we can redeploy for a higher and better use real estate for farming. And there's exciting indoor and outdoor farming. Redeploy that for housing, which is a crisis around the globe. And, and so electrification yields that change to society, not to mention all the climate change and air, air quality is a significant issue. Asthmatic children you know, the, that growth rate is un unacceptable. And so that's what gets charge pointers out of bed every morning, that long-term impact that we're making. That's really good, good, powerful stuff. That's obviously why we're in business we're in, but it's also something we don't often talk about these days because we focus on the minutia of the other, the other stuff. So it's always great to get that circle back to that very appreciated. And yeah, just my, you know, my closing thought at response to that is, I think that is an exciting thing about ChargePoint is that you were ahead of the game. You had a big vision. You've, you know, in a sort of Tesla kind of way, you have this focus on vertical integration, on on controlling different parts of the system so that it 
is you know functions ideally i think or you know serves its purpose ideally so from my perspective i appreciate that i i like all the charge point stations uh that are around me that's that's yeah and and, you know as we've expanded across europe and in north america for different kind of fleet and high-speed charging customers there are other brands of charging on our network as well. So you could find an AVB charger on our network in Europe where you're using Alphan chargers for customers in their home use cases and some other uh, situations. And so we're actively integrating other charging uh, stations because ultimately we come to some site hosts who have some existing assets and want to use those as well. And so we welcome that. And uh, I think that's a good thing for the industry and a good thing for consumers. Yeah, we should do something at some point, a you know, collaborative uh, discussion webinar of different charging stations and how you guys uh, work together. Just focus on integration and something like that. That would be an interesting topic. But for now, thank you. I don't want to go over our time, um, but thank you so much for spending an hour with us talking about the ins and outs of ChargePoint. I think that helps clarify for more people your model and what you're doing. But uh, one other takeaway is just that you do a lot. So you have a lot of different offerings, a lot of different ways that you offer your products and services. So I think it's sort of, uh, I guess it's hard for us when a company isn't doing just one simple thing, when, when you're doing several things to understand what is ChargePoint, what is it doing? So hopefully we'll, we'll have a good takeaway to help, help uh, explain that better for our readers too. Thank you for your time. And uh, keep, you know, keep calm and charge on is one of our shirts. So keep calm and charge on. Uh, Thank you for all of uh, the work the whole team is doing there. Thank you, Zach. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Thanks.